Within the spectrum of alternative research, there has long existed a distinct separation between the fields of the ET UFO phenomenon and the paranormal. I, for one, have never understood the resistance to bridge these two areas of inquiry, and particularly now, where researchers are discovering more and more common threads that run throughout the broader phenomena of, let's call it the supernatural. But alas, the insistence that these two areas of experience stay separated is still alive and well. Two veteran researchers who I've had the pleasure of getting to know beg to differ. Steve Mara, a seasoned paranormal and UFO investigator, and Barry Fitzgerald, renowned researcher and former lead investigator of the hit TV program, Ghost Hunters International. Both are on a quest to acclimate other researchers, as well as the public at large, that the vast and voluminous field of ufology and the paranormal need to be considered together. And they make a great case for why. Here is my short and somewhat impromptu roundtable discussion with Stephen Barry that took place in Los Angeles on location at the 17th Annual Conscious Life Expo. Listen in to what we discussed, and as always, you decide which way the tables should turn. Well, hello there, journeyers. How are you? doing out there. We're here live, as you can probably hear live music in the background, here at the 17th Annual Conscious Life Expo. And I got to tell you, it's been a frenetic pace. I've been running with these guys here. We decided to do a 15-minute impromptu talk. So that's exactly what you're going to get. And I, it, we'll call it a teaser, because we know that there'll be so much more that we'll want to hear from, from Steve Mara and Barry Fitzgerald. So glad to have you both here from across the pond. Yeah. Well, more than across the pond, across the pond and across the country. <laughs> We have been talking for, what, about three days oh, straight, yeah, yeah. straight, going back and forth. I mean, as you know, there's so much rich material to discuss when it comes to this broad field we call ufology. But we have specifically been talking about this sort of schism, I would call it, uh, between the, uh, the field of ufology, those that are both the, uh, the people that are interested in it, lay people as well as researchers, and the paranormal and how they're viewed as very distinct, disparate uh, fields. And we agree that that needs to go away. Why? Well, I think for a first start, I think it's divided the subjects of interest and research. What we tend to find is that we have ufologists that don't step into the paranormal field. We have the paranormal guys that don't step into the ufological field. But when we're studying ufology as a whole, and, and I mean as a whole, what we start to see unfold is paranormal, supernatural, metaphysical, all these wonderful aspects of ufology that are in there. What our main concern is, is the fact is that there's a lot of people are bringing forward information about UFO cases. And I'm listening, I'm thinking, it's voiding something. It's voiding the paranormal here. Where is that data? What I found out is, is that they're pushing forward the UFO information when it comes to the paranormal aspects of it, and there are paranormal aspects Absolutely. of it, it's, it's being pushed behind. And I think, well, you're not giving us a full picture here. You're only focusing on the elements. Now, like I said, there are people which know a lot about a small area of the subject. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, there are people, what like us, but might know a little bit less of a wider subject. Because it does involve a lot of and disappearances Absolutely. and the mutilation phenomena. So, what we're here to do is try and break down, break down those barriers because I don't think we can fully 
understand what we're actually dealing with here right. and get a clear picture until we start throwing it all on the table and looking at it as a whole. Absolutely. I think in itself there has been a, and I hate to use this term, but there has been a, um, a masculine attempt at, at making these and driving these boxes forward, which in itself has created our own deception. Mm -hmm. um, and that in itself, if we don't recognize that deception, which we have created, then we will never get to those answers that we're seeking. And by stripping those boxes and burning them, um, mm -hmm. are we able to get them to see this, this, this level playing field in which we can start to see these connections? Right. We were outside talking about this yesterday and really just shaking. I've been shaking my head for the longest time because, frankly, I have never looked at the two. When I say the two, again, we're talking about the field of ufology and really everything else that falls into the paranormal spectrum. And I never assumed that the two were distinct. But what we were talking about outside, guys, is where, now you just brought up one area where this may be coming from, what's driving this. But the other thing that I had brought up is, could this be some design to keep these subjects partitioned, perhaps by something other than humans? Uh, well, it could be. It could always be that point. I mean, uh, for, for those that are involved in the subject, what we find is when we do kind of a draw page on either side here, we have um, paralysis cases, bedroom visitation, should we say, where people are paralysed during those experiences yes. in the field of the paranormal, be it a dark shadow at the bottom of the bed or an apparition of some sort. We have exactly the same on the opposite side of the page in ufology. People claiming that they've seen small figures, beings in the bedrooms, and suffering from paralysis. One of the same thing, absolutely right. no difference. We talk about <clears throat> we talk about other aspects in ufology where we find the apportations, uh, strange things that disappear, reappear during poltergeist type cases. Well, you know, some, some of these incidents, when there, these apports appear back after a duration of time, we always wanted to question, is it the actual item? Is it the same item it disappeared? It might look it like it, it might feel like it, weighs like it. But is it? And in fact, it's not exactly the same. Through analysis, we see there's been a diathermic reaction. And I thought to myself, I've heard of this reference before. Diathermic reactions. Where have I heard this? The manifestation of a UFO close to ground, it affects plants. Mm -hmm. We're yes. seeing the same effect in the plants. So it would seem, from just the beginning stage here, that the, the manifestation of a mug during a paranormal occurrence and the manifestation of a UFO during a UFO encounter are utilizing exactly the same physics. Absolutely. I don't think that could be by chance. I'd like to add one to that. I mean, what we're talking about as we're all researching this is drawing a common thread throughout all phenomena. And I can give you one, as you all know, uh, as you both know, I lectured in Australia last month where I was making, trying to make the case that uh, not just abduction, well not abduction, but contact may be more of a mass phenomenon than we know. And so one of the examples that I used are people that have out-of-body experiences, the classic OBE. One of the most common, by the way, uh, paranormal yep. phenomena known to man. I know in the United States, roughly 50 million or more report spontaneous out-of-body experiences. But what I thought so interesting and very curious is that one of the features of an OBE, not in all cases, but certainly in many, is this sensation of a, a vibration just prior to whatever it is leaving the physical, the corporeal form. And as I measured the features of that vibratory state in, in detail, juxtapose that to that of an, a classic abduction, they're described virtually the same. same. So here we go. I yeah, mean, the evidence yeah. is very, very It would seem that a lot of it is associated with sound and frequency. It is, it is Absolutely. very much. And you know, a lot of the answers that we seek lie in our past. 
So we've got we've got um, messages from our ancestors that are written, that are etched in the walls of our passage chambers and everything else, um, that teach us, try to teach us what they were experiencing, um, and understanding that is is a huge component. And you know there are elements which we need to consider, which are which are you know they whoever they are coming yeah. through from this other side, um, or from the Gulf of Space, and you've also got us. Because now we live in a modern society, we've got exceptionally advanced technology, and mm. um, that it's being, th there's, there's a fog in between them and us. Um, and it's very, very hard to discern what, what that is. Absolutely. So Steve and I have been working on this particular mapping system, which is helping us break that apart. Um, so that we can now start to see areas where the ancestors were talking about and there are patterns evolving in which we can start to see where they were coming through and why mm -hmm. and when. That was a big thing. We're also starting to understand now particular um, components within these craft um, that, that help that levitation process occur and, and the, 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 the thermic reactions that occur within those. Um, and we also understand as well that when these craft land and they become cold, that the weight can multiply up to 700 times David Adair yes. was speaking about this yes. this morning. The craft really? was landing on railway tracks because mm -hmm. the railway tracks can support the weight. Um, and those, those are things that we need to consider. And it's interesting to note that those particular components that we find within the engines of these particular um, things, uh, we find in our rocks. We find in rock, in our natural rock. Now, when we cross that over to David Pauldes and look at the work that he's been doing, a lot of people are, yes. are disappearing within rock formations. Absolutely. We see UFOs that fly into rocks, into the side of mountains. Yes. What's happening there? Now we're starting to break that apart because we have taken those boxes and went boom. You mentioned David Pilates, and of course, I'm missing 411. He's done some stellar work on the very, very perplexing uh, cases of, I don't know how many thousands at this point, of uh, missing individuals under very strange circumstances. I've noticed in the last, I'd say, less than a year, he has been very, very careful not to at least fully cross that line with the work that he's doing, which is really more police work and ufology, mm -hmm. until recently. Mm -hmm. I wonder if he's starting to see the nexus between the two, I think, I think I think he does, and, and you know I can totally understand where David's coming from. Mm. You know he's he's trying to remain focused on what he's doing, right? And without having the outer. But he's relented a little bit, so maybe he's starting to get some evidence. I, I still think he wants to be quite careful because he wants to be taken seriously, and that's the other thing. We've got to get rid of the woo-woo factor, even in the strictest. The two yeah. of you are the most ardent, brilliant, intelligent scientific researchers I've ever seen in this field. I really mean that. I admire you so much. And still, with all the meticulous work you do, there's still a bullseye on your collective you-know-whats. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> We've got to be able to, to get over that. I, again, I think there's so many factors as to the why there's been this, uh, this silo, if you will, between the paranormal ufology uh, and, and other things. But um, we've got to look at the common threads and just I don't know, start to, start to piece together. No, I absolutely together. agree, yeah. I mean, what we don't want is just to add another stone to the mountain we've got. And that's what ufology has been for the last 40 years, to be honest with you. It's another video, it's another photograph, it's another um, somebody who claims they've had an experience. But to be honest with you, we're not, we're, we're learning more about how it's, how people are affected from their experience. But we're not learning about where this phenomenon is originating. Where it's originating. How's it getting in here? 
first start. I mean, you know, statistical, statistical surveys show a UFO seen every eight seconds. Now, that's a lot of UFOs. That'll be a lot of massive travelling around backwards and forwards from Earth. They, be, maybe they, be, they make a lot of noise. And of course, these SETI uh, researchers have said it's very quiet in space. And we were pondering the question, how come now we're actually starting to see that? Well, they're not simply traversing mostly from A and B. They're, they seem to be disappearing and reappearing. Absolutely. Well, that's what, and you have been a, a, a staunch, you've been very outspoken in terms of what, what are we really looking at here? Are we looking at a trajectory that's happening linear in terms of space, traveling through space, or is this happening I interdimensionally? So. I think it's our physics that are thinking of that. You, exactly. I think it's, it's the way we would think to right. travel from point A to B. I think they've just got a better way of doing it. Right. What just happened in Manchester? There was a little news report that came out, and I think you were kind of leading the charge on getting the word out about, it was the Manchester area in the UK, yeah. uh, about uh, two things that happened. Both a triangular craft was seen yes. by lots of people, and yeah. some very loud bangs. bangs. Tell us about that real well, quick. Well, it's not the first time that's happened. That's happened uh, on numerous occasions. It happened roughly about 12 months ago, funny enough, in the same location. There were some very strange loud bangs and sightings of this triangular craft. Now, this is... Assumably, it's, a, it's an equilateral triangle, as people witnessed, a light in, a, in each apex. And what's happening is, is that it's just traversing over the skies of Manchester, causing numerous people to witness it and report this, mm. but it tends to be followed by loud bangs. Now, we don't know if that bang is associated directly with this incident, but it's coincidental. And we're kind of figuring out, I wonder if the loud bangs is somehow some type of sonic boom, because it seems to be being recognised mm -hmm. as a similar event. In fact, even emergency services have been called to certain locations because they've heard it, and they've actually set off on location waiting for calls on the way to say where an explosion's happened. Turns out there has not been an explosion. They never find the culprit as to what is creating this loud banging sound, but it does tie in with the the sighting of this triangular object. And that was only a couple of weeks ago. Right, exactly. I recall getting that. That's interesting. That can take us down a whole other road, and I, only, I know we only have a few more minutes left. Where do we go from here? I mean, I, I, I am so delighted that, that you both are here from uh, the UK and Ireland, respectively, and are really driving this point home. What kind of reception have you been getting from people as you're going about making this case? Um, incredible, actually. We're actually opening people's eyes, because we talk to the people in the paranormal field, we talk to people in the ufological world, and the kind of, we're kind of bringing them together, which is really good for us, because Excellent. this is what we've always wanted. Absolutely. We don't want those divides. We don't think we can get a good understanding of the subject until we break those barriers down. And it's been very enlightening for them. In fact, they're coming to us and saying, do you know what, I think you might be onto something, and you might be right about it. I never considered that, because they never looked past the barrier. And I think that is what we've done. I think most of all, I think that most people have been interested in the, in the new work that we've been presenting in regarding the new UFO investigators training course. Mm -hmm. Because what we've done is a little pinch of what the research that we've been delivering here is known as Project Doorway is, in, is, is actually in on the course. So people can actually start to look and find correlations themselves. They don't have to trust us. They don't have to believe what they see over the internet. They can do the research themselves and then they will find exactly the same thing that we are dealing with positive magnetic anomalies which is professional name electron diffuse regions nasa know about them you can research that and these localized areas around planet earth which we think are being utilized by this phenomena coming in and going out and they've just been doing this for a long time the ancients what the ancestors were aware of this they built resonant chambers and temples and things to, to to, in these locations, mm. just as they built Stonehenge on Lays. You know, it's the same thing. Same thing. And we're finding these connections all over the world throughout era, throughout thousands and thousands of years, but it's always been the same phenomena, but it's a different mask. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Closing thoughts, Barry. 
To me, it was always very important to listen to those whispers from the past. Yeah. Um, within that, there is there is reason and wisdom, um, and uh, you know we should always remember there is nothing new in this universe. Just under the sun, nothing new under the sun. Yeah, very good. Well said. I want to know what you think, journeyers. Do you know what we're talking about here? Is there? Do you? How do you consider the, the this broad field we call paranormal uh, in context with? the field of ufology. Are they one and the same to you? I want to hear from you, so please uh, do let us know. We always love to hear your way in. In the meantime, I just want to say thank you. These guys got to get to a panel and I got to go introduce <laughs> someone, so we will talk to you soon. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. All right. Thank you as always. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.